Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. The Romans chapter 10 verse 17. The Bible says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I found out and we learned also that faith comes from the word of God and the one who brings the faith is actually the Holy Spirit. And I found out in Galatians chapter 4 verse 19 that faith that comes into you from the word of God is actually Christ dwelling in us. So Paul prayed for the church of Galatians and he says, my little children of whom I travel in Beth until Christ be formed in you. Now the formation of Christ in you is faith, actually. The formation of Christ in you is faith. The formation of Christ in you is faith. That is how he forms in you. From faith to faith. Increase faith. The more of the rema, the more Christ forms in you by faith. Now, he does that for a purpose. Now, Jesus or Christ wants to manifest himself to the world and he does that by formation of himself in his word that comes from himself from his word. So the Bible says that even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead. Being alone. Being alone. That means faith cannot be alone. Anytime faith is alone is a sign of death. And the life of faith is works. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. So for example, if you are sick in your body, maybe in your leg, and we pray for you, and you believe, you have faith that you are healed, you walk, you see, you don't say, yes, I know I am healed. And you behave like how you used to be before the prayer. What it means is that you had faith enough, but you didn't put it to work. So what do you do? You start walking. What it means is that you have put your faith to work. And as you put your faith to work, that action is what gives life to the faith. And when it gives life to the faith, everybody will see on the outside that you are well. So just note it. So most believers have faith. They will tell you, I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. But you see little output, little results in their lives because the faith they have, the so much faith they have is dead. Because it is alone. 
Now, death in a way, that's cessation of its production of fruit. Faith produces fruit. Faith produces results. When faith is dead, it means that it doesn't produce that which it ought to produce. So if I have faith in a particular area, and I, and I want to see, say, um, somebody is sick, and the person hears God's word, because that's how faith will come. The person hears the word of God, and faith comes. That faith that came, came actually to produce a result. And when the result is produced, it is, it is obvious for all eyes to see. Peter came to the man at the beautiful gate. Everybody saw that the man was, was impotent. He couldn't walk. That's what they saw. He asked for a physical result. That was money for him to do a thing. So, Peter and John came. The Bible says, he told them, Peter said to the man, or the man told them, or look, gazing at them, he was looking for money, actually. Then Peter said, silver and gold we don't have, but such as we have, we give. Now, Peter was speaking of something that was internal, because Christ was inside of him. But the man was looking out for something on the outside, and I'm sure there were people around when the communication was going on. So Peter was laying hold on what is inside of him. Now, Peter said, such as I have, I give. Then he went ahead to give. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, what was in Peter? Peter's faith is that there is a man inside of me. He is able to produce a fruit called rise up and walk. He is able to make you walk. So if Peter had not worked out what was inside of him, he would have been saying that such as I have, such as I have, such as I have, I have Christ. And the man would have been there even till now. But the Bible says, Peter said, such as I have, I give. Then he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, who resides in me, rise up and walk. And then, look at it. This, this is the action. He took him by the hand and lifted him up. Because if he's saying rise up and walk, he can't leave him there. We don't sit down there and walk. You must rise to walk. In other words, you change what you used to do to what you wanted to do. So that's what faith does. Faith translates you from the original state to the state of expectation. That's what faith in action does. But potentially, potentially, faith changes your situation or your position. So faith is a change maker. But that is the potential. Okay? That's the potential. So faith can do it. But faith will not do it until it is put in action. Faith can do it. Faith can do all things. The woman said, if I might touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be well. She didn't sit down because she knew that she wanted to be well. And she had that faith in her. So what did she do? She, she crawled among the people. That's faith at work. And then indeed did what 
She said she wanted to do. And she got the result. What result? The result she saw in her heart. By faith. So now the Bible says. And immediately her blood stopped. So what has happened? Previously she was bleeding profusely. Faith changed her from here. And placed her here. What does it mean? Faith has the ability to change you from here to here. But the ability is potential. Except there is work. So when you put that faith to work, then indeed. Because here is what you want to see. The final picture. And that is what faith in action does. So, go back to James. So he said faith without works is dead. Now let's recap what we have learned. Faith comes from the word of God. So from the word, faith will come. Now remember, faith has the property, the same characteristics, the same potential as the word. Because the word of God is the one that forms in you. When he's formed in you, it's called faith. When the word is formed in you, formed in you, it's called faith. So faith cometh by hearing the word. So you hear the word of God, faith comes. And the one who brings the faith is the Holy Spirit because as you go for the word, you are glorifying the word, so he comes. So he's the one who ensures the formation of the word in your spirit or in your heart concerning that particular thing you need. So when the word is now formed in you, it has the potential to do everything. But it won't happen. Because it is alone. When faith is alone, it doesn't produce anything. Do you know why? It means you don't believe it. Faith must work with your agreement. So what do you do? Because faith gives you the final picture of a story. I'm sick. I know I am healed. That's faith. So the final picture is I'm healed. So why are you behaving like you are sick? It means that you have not agreed that actually you are healed. If you agree that you are healed, then you start behaving like somebody who is healed. And as you start behaving, you have now joined your spirit to faith. So what happens? Faith is now not alone. Your agreement to faith brings life to that matter. So you were, you were working like this because you, you are healed. You are healed. By the time you realize life comes and then you begin to work properly. That's the whole journey of faith. Okay? Yes, Alright. Then he said, even so, faith, if it had not works, is dead. Being alone. Being alone. Now someone may argue some people have faith. Others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. So it is my actions that tells everybody I have faith. So stop telling everybody I have faith. Act on your faith. I don't care if you think you are rich. You think you are rich by faith. What are the actions that show? 
Because rich people behave as such. This is powerful. He said, but I say, so there are two groups of people. One say, I have faith. Others say, I have good deeds. But James is saying that faith and good deeds, when they are alone by themselves, they don't profit. And in fact, good deeds is as a result of faith. So where there is no good deeds, there is no faith. Can you see that? So he said that, I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Remember I told you, faith is an inward thing. Faith is not seen. Faith is a response to the word of God that has been formed in your spirit that nobody can see. So how people can see that you have faith is by your actions, the good deeds. Now here, he narrowed it down to good deeds because of the preamble he gave that when somebody is sick or when somebody is hungry or when somebody is um, need food or clothes, you give them. So, so he used those two words and he calls them good deeds. But of course, faith applies to every area. We saw it in the woman with the issue of the blood. We saw it with the centurion whose servant was dying. We saw it with the Canaanite woman. We saw it with Abraham yesterday. So faith works. It is in the action. In the action. It is what I do outside that will make people know that this guy has faith. Nobody can see your faith. You say you have faith. For you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even demons, the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. So believing there is God. Or you believing that there is God. Is not enough. No wonder a lot of people in this world. Are not saved. Because they believe there is God. Just as demons also believe there is God. But once you believe there is God. Then you act. Like there is God. But here. It looks like the demons do better than others. Because they tremble in terror. 20. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Faith without good deeds is useless. Useless. So if I were you, I, like I wouldn't even get the faith. If you are not ready to put faith into action, you say you don't have money. Yet you believe you will be a great supplier in business. Yet you don't do what the word says you should do to walk in that dimension. Or you had a preaching, you had a teaching, you read the Bible, and faith was built inside. There was a strong feeling in you, knowing that Charlie, I'm going to do it. But that alone doesn't solve the problem. It's useless. The reason why we give, and yesterday I was telling you, giving as little as possible is what rich men do. 
You cannot be saying you are rich and when people are asking you for money, you are running away. When there's any opportunity, you give. Because you know you have more. That's the mindset. I give because I have more. I don't give because I think I have little. So your mouth and your prayer are saying one thing, but your mind is saying another thing. That's why there's no result. It's useless. So there are a lot of people who pray in a particular way, but their minds are different. And I'll show you why it happens like that. 21. And he said, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions. By his actions. When he offered his son Isaac on the altar. He didn't say, I believe in God. He didn't say, God called me. No. All he had was one. Abraham's action and his mind were the same. How do I know that? Sarah couldn't stop him. Because his mind was made up. Sometimes you can talk it, but your mind is different. I am healed. I am healed. But in your mind, you are looking at another alternative. So, this Abraham, the father of faith, the Bible says, did not just sit down believing God. No. Right from his calling, he was caught to a place where he didn't know. He moved. Which direction? He didn't know. Whether the north, south, or no. He just followed the spirit. He just kept moving. Moving and moving and moving. God promised him a promised land. God promised him the seed. Inheritance and so on and so forth. He didn't see it. He didn't feel it. He actually looked like God was a liar. Because in Genesis 15, he called him and said, God, you have said this thing to me. How come Eliezer, this guy is not born again proper? Look at this guy. He's just my slave. How come he's having children? He said, are they going to inherit me when I'm gone? So here, Abraham's heart and his mind were different. His heart was following that God, God day. But his mind was that, Charlie, I can't have children. Somebody will inherit me. So God had to correct him. Go to the next one. The Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir. For you will have a son of your own. Who will be your heir? When you read it in the Bible like this, it sounds so easy and, and normal. But it is not normal. From chapter 12 all the way to chapter 15. You know how many years? So God had to correct his mind. Like, like Peter. When he became, even when he became born again, Charlie, the mind was different. He became born again, but he still believed that Gentiles were common people that you can't mingle with. So the Lord had to tell him that don't call that which I have created. Don't call anything common. Don't call it common. So you can be born again and your mind is not born again. So your mind is that which pulls you back. That is why we call it the renewing of your mind. When you renew your mind, your mind becomes like your heart. In fact, your renewed mind becomes like your believing heart. If your heart which believes 
does not conform or does not agree with the renewed mind, then there's no result. Because your heart believes something, but your, you know, your mind is thinking differently. Okay. So go back to James. So Abraham, we saw actions. 22. You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His faith and his actions worked together. His faith and his actions worked together. If there's nothing you heard today as you go home, don't forget this. Faith and actions must work together. Otherwise, faith will die. And when faith dies, forget it. There's no result. There's no productivity. There's no fruit. Look at the next one. His actions made his faith complete. His actions made his faith complete. Amazing. His actions made his faith complete. Go on. And so it happened just as the scriptures say. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. Go on. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do. Not by faith alone. Not by faith alone. Mm -mm. So you can be born again. You became born again by faith. By your actions. That's not reflect Jesus. That life of action is what we call righteousness. Right living. Right decisions. Right thoughts. Right giving. Right this. Right that. Because your faith cannot be alone. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown, she was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. So I'm going to take you deeper. Go to James 1.19. Now in James 1.19, he began to tell you of certain things you must stop. So he said, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen. Slow to speak. And slow to get angry. These are the three parameters that strengthens you. There are some who don't listen. They talk whilst they are listening. The wind fact will not even end up listening. I'm talking about even the word of God. They are the all-knowing who are like God. But the Bible says, be quick. The word is be attentive. Be, be opened. Don't let anything interrupt with your listening. When the Gentiles were outside the temple, the Bible says they kept listening. Some of them couldn't see inside the temple what was being said. They were outside the temple and yet they were listening. Their listening attitude propelled Paul. When the people who were inside were not listening, they were there, but they were arguing with Paul. Paul would teach the word and they would, because of their mind, the law, they would be, you know, so Paul said, look, guys, you are not ready for the word. You don't have meekness to receive the engrafted word of God. So you know what? I wash my hands of you. There are people, I can find ears outside that want to hear the word of God. 
And the Bible says, and he went out. And when he went there, they were ready. So Jesus, who came for the Jews, did not have a lot of the Jews listening to him because the consciousness of the law, which did not cause them to renew their mind, was pulling them back, even though they can see miracles. Is that too surprising? While Jesus, God brought them out of Egypt, they saw miracles. There was no mega. Some of the miracles they saw, you have not seen. They saw God open the sea. They saw God bring manna. They saw God bring water from the rock. They saw God give them birds to eat. They saw God come to them, you know, in the form of the cloud. They saw these things. They didn't believe. How do I know they didn't believe? As they were walking, Egypt was in their mind. How do I know? When things don't go well a little bit, they will say, have you brought us here for us to die? When we're in Egypt, we would have been eating this. Would, it's better we die in Egypt. They were free, oh, but they were not free in their mind. They were free, but their minds were pulling them back. So God will intervene quickly and give them that which they want so that their mind can still be renewed. That's why God was, he said, they won't enter his rest. The Bible says, they provoked God. They proved God. They proved God. Today, you can be born again. But until your mind is renewed, whatever you used to know, whichever character and attitude and behavior you used to have, will draw you back. It will draw you back. The thing is the mind. So the Bible says, be ye transformed. You see, transformation. Remember, a renewed mind is the same as a believing heart. And the two must work hand in hand. If your mind is not renewed, even though your heart believes, no result. No result. Abraham, God had to come and tell him because his mind was different, right? So God had to come and intercept his mind and say, no, you have your own children. What was in Abraham's mind? I won't have children. Somebody will inherit me. That was Abraham's mind. So God had to interrupt Abraham's mind. So what does the word of God do? The word of God interrupts your unfruitful mind and gives you a transformation which is equal to a believing heart. That's why that's you must listen to the word of God. You need to listen to the word of God every day. But sometimes that behavior and attitude comes to you as it is too much. It is too much. Look at God had to interrupt. He said, no, no. Your servant will not be your heir. That means Abraham was walking with God. He was following God. He was following God everywhere. But there was something in his mind. Year one, year two, year three, year four, year five, six, seven, eight, nine. No so. And then he will be there and he will hear, yeah. Somebody, one of the servants has a child. You are seeing these things happening. And you are seeing Eliezer, your next in command. His children. You are seeing, hey, don't do this. Come here. Hey, you are seeing these things every day. He's a good father. He's thinking, wow, good children. Hello, hey, come here. How are you? But in his mind, he said, God, I won't have children. So are all these children going to take my properties? So maybe he will be there watching them. Hmm, Lord, you called me out of my father's house. Maybe I should have been. But Abraham repented from that thought anyway. Otherwise, we would have heard him say it. So he repented of his father's house. The only issue he had is the children. So he said, Oh, sovereign Lord, 
what good are all your blessings? Look at it. <laughs> what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? This has been his problem. Since you've given me no children, look at it. Eliezer of Damascus, he's trying to tell you he's not even from us. He's from another place. A servant in my household will inherit all my wealth. That is a thinking. Now, when he said that there was nobody there, he was talking to the God. It was his prayer. God had to interrupt his thoughts immediately and give him positivity. So then the Lord said to him, No! In other words, stop there. Your servant will not be your heir. For you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. These words comforted Abraham's heart and he changed his mind. So it was from here that he had a... Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said, look up in the sky. Come. See, God did everything. Now he's beginning to speak with him. Show him things. Show him things. So that his mind... Now, look up into the sky and after God showed him everything, God talking to the Bible says, and Abraham believed the Lord. How did the believing come? Because God stopped his mind and renewed it. Renewed it. Renewed it. By now showing him showing him the story of Christ in the sky. And when he saw it now, he believed. So what? His renewed mind caused a change in his heart. So the two have become one. Look at it. And Abraham believed God and was accounted unto him for righteousness because of his faith. How did the faith come? By hearing. So God spoke to him. God spoke to him. God spoke to him. And faith came. And faith came. And faith came. And faith came. Amen. Go back to the James 1. Okay. So he said, these are the three things you need to do. Be quick to listen. That's why when you are listening to God's word, you don't need any interruptions. You don't need. Somebody said, what did you write? When I... The reason why you couldn't write is because your mind was not attentive. In fact, you are not listening. <laughs> That's why you couldn't even write it. You know you are writing and your mind is wondering. Slow to speak and slow to get angry. Now, he said angry not in relation to outside the church or whatever. He was talking about people who listens to the word of God and they get angry. They get angry at the word. You, you will see. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So, Get rid of the filth and evil in your lives. And humbly, now, go to King James, because I'll do a bit of explanation here. Now, he said, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Now, this is what I want you to know. He said, put all these things away and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Now, I will take the word receive. The word receive in the Greek is the word dikomai. Dikomai. D-E-C-H-O-M-A-I. Dikomai. 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 Now, do you know paralambano para is also receive, right? But here, the Bible didn't use paralambano. The Bible used dikomai. 
Because this kind of receiving is different from paralambano. Now, dikomai means that to welcome. Okay? To welcome or to accept. To welcome or to accept. Something that is offered. Something that is offered. You, you receive or you accept. You welcome. You welcome. Something that is offered. Now, it goes on to say that your, the acceptance must be deliberate. <laughs> you see, you must deliberately welcome the thing. Deliberately. Like, like if you had your own way, you wouldn't do. But you must deliberately receive the word of God. Deliberate. Or someone shut down now, would you ask them no? You need to. You know why? Because the word receive is in the middle voice. I found out I was shocked. It's in the middle voice. What does it mean? You are doing it for your own good. So it means that the word that you are receiving, whatever you are going to receive, you are doing it for yourself. You are the one doing the receiving for your own benefit. Dikomai. Now, Dikomai is close to Paralambano. Okay? Now, Paralambano is another kind of receiving. That one, when it is receiving, it is interested in the content of the message. The content. What is in it? Can you see that? And Paralambano, that kind of receiving is not, is the heart. It's not every message in the Bible that makes a man saved. So when you are receiving such a word, you use Paralambano. The message that is coming from the pulpit, the content must be Christ. Must be Christ. Because all messages come. But the content I cannot be telling you about finances from the word of God when your heart is looking for wealth. So, Paralambano takes into consideration the content of the message. But, Dikomai, this kind of receiving, it takes into consideration everything and its value. So, just as Paralambano is for the ears, we receive it by ears. That's how men are saved, right? They must hear first. There must be a preacher. Now, Dikoma is received by the heart. That's the difference. So the Bible says, with your heart, you welcome. With your heart, you receive deliberately. That's what he's saying. Please, do you get it? So that's what he's saying here. He said, and receive for your own sake. Welcome for your own sake. <laughs> Use your heart. Receive the thing for your own sake. Not for anybody. Not for God. You are not receiving the word of God for God. So I won't won't receive the word. You are angry at the word. When the word is coming, you are also talking based on some revelation. There are some of us, whilst the word of God is coming, on a particular topic, that maybe you know something small about it. You begin to choke the word that is coming with your knowledge. Do you know what it means? You are not quick in listening. You are fast to speak. You see, revelations are in levels. What you know, 
perhaps what is coming is higher than yours. So you and 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 you don't throw away what you have. Sometimes you can unlearn what you have if it is not okay. And then you add, and then you bring new one. Otherwise, what you have, you add on, you add on, you add on. So next time when you have to tell somebody about that same topic, you realize that you have, you know, a vast wealth of understanding on the topic. But you see, he said, put away filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. There are some whose hearts are filled with pride, naughtiness. That I know, that I know it all. I don't know what Paul's student, Apollos, I don't know what he did that warranted the division. That some say, I am after Apollos. Do you know why there was a division? Are they not teaching Christ? When Paul came and he heard the matter, he was like, ah, no, this shouldn't be a matter because Apollos is my student. I taught Apollos how to teach. So meaning that Apollos is teaching the word of God. The people who brought the division was not Apollos. The members. Because there was filthiness and naughtiness of heart. If these things exist, you cannot receive. Your heart won't receive. Look, spiritual things are not easy. It's not child's play. Even common, common academics, class one, class two, class three, the reason why you were never first. The reason why you never got 80%, 70%, 90% was because there was something you were not doing right. There were things you were learning but you never understood. Because one lecturer taught all of you. There were some that were misbehaving. Some of you, you wish, you wish that if you were in school today, there are some foolish things you will never have done or you will never do again. Because those things you did have cost you today. So you see, the same teacher who taught you social studies Somebody got 100, somebody got 80, you two, you got 30. <laughs> How come one teacher, you were all in the class, but the minds were different. The attitude to it were different. The same approach to the word of God. The same approach. So the Bible is saying that receive. Receive the engrafted word. In other words, welcome. How do you welcome it? Deliberately. In other words, when the word of God is coming to you, you must be deliberate. 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 What does deliberate mean? Intentional. Like, you intentionally receive the word. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayman 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. 
and sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny Hyphen L. Jedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny L. Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting print and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International Contact Services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com You were made to leap from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed.